0: Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al.
1: Yeah. Not bad. Hey, morning, everybody, and welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and today we really have a serious lineup. Uh, we want to be joined by John Carmichael, who is the registrar of OMBIC, and we're going to talk about something called quiet possession. This is actually from uh, the landlord. The landlord just can't walk into your place because you've got quiet possession. So we'll be talking about that, and in the car business, uh, it has to do with liens and money owing against the vehicle. We're also going to be talking with Raymond Chan. Raymond is from the CAA Worst Roads Campaign. That campaign is going on right now. Raymond's got some fantastic information about the costs of the bad roads on motorists. Apparently, it's millions of dollars worth of damage is being done by bad roads, and we're going to talk about that. And let's say not just the least, but the OPP is going to join us. Kerry Schmidt's going to be talking about the border between Ontario and Quebec. And I think my wife was telling me the border between Ontario and Manitoba. Is that correct, Al? That's right, on both sides. We're stuck in the middle. We
2: are. And, uh, you know, I got that order of poutine and they they told me to bring it to Ottawa, but uh, it's (laughs) going to get cold by the time they stop me. And I say, this is a special order for the prime minister, you know?
1: <laughs> well there is actually a bunch of rules of people that can cross the border. Uh, we're going to talk about that and what the OPP is doing. By the way, if you want to get your emails in, you can you can write us at davescornergarage.com. There's a sheet there. Uh, we'll answer your emails and bring them on air. And if you want to call in, please do call in because we are accepting calls. Uh it's 866 740 4740
0: just looking out the window today because it's absolutely gorgeous out there i'm seeing a bunch of uh 67 chevy go by and a vet from i don't know what year it was so if you got a car club going on let us know like david's saying right into our facebook page or even go to our website and uh we'll talk about it one of them is the innisfil beach cruisers who keep inviting us out there i think al one day you may have to take that what's the car you have in the garage the thing I have a Volkswagen thing in
2: 1974. It's bright yellow and with a black top. That uh, I, I'd have to get it there first. You see, it, top, top speed is only about 50 miles an hour, so I'd have to take back roads all the
0: way. Well, you're an older man, so 50 is top speed for you, isn't it?
2: <laughs> That's how I lost my <laughs> hair, you know. Uh, I kept driving with the roof down. Next thing you
0: know, I got nothing there. Uh, And it's gorgeous. I mean, people are going to be taking their trailers out. We've got some information about some tires that you could get that are from Triangle Tire Mm -hmm. and uh, some great stuff. So, listen, we've got a great show lined up. We're going to come back and talk with uh, some questions that we've had from you with uh, Dave and Al right after this. So, stay with us. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is uh, News Corner Garage. And just to... Uh, I just wrote in our Facebook page, Al. I thought you'd like to hear this. Uh, if Al wants poutin... We can probably deliver to his garage early Monday, and let us know if he gets to Montreal. That, stu- <laughs> that stuff is
1: disgusting. It's disgusting. Oh, that's great. You need- have,
0: a, have one, and then you you know it's a gaffes gone morning. Anyway, we are live here on AM seven forty, and we welcome your calls. Back over to you, Dave and Alan. Let it rip.
1: Well, I was going to talk about how important the paperwork is when you're taking your car in for service, making sure that all the information is properly filled out on the work order, so that the shop can actually. To communicate you while you're repairing the car,
2: right? You want to make sure that uh, you abide by all the rules and regulations that that are they're on paper. I mean, they are written down. They are laws. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you read the work order. You want to make sure that if you're signing something, that you know what you're signing. What where where can somebody get in trouble that way, Dave?
1: Well, you know what? We're working on a car, and we find out that uh, it is the job is bigger. Than we expected. Mm-hmm. So, what happens? We actually have to phone the customer and get permission, but we make sure that we note down the back of the sheet, the time we called, the authorization that they gave us, and uh, so there's no confusion at the end of the day. We usually call that five o'clock surprise. Exactly.
2: When you show up at five o'clock and you go, Whoa, I was expecting a yeah. $200 bill, not a $2,000
1: bill. Yeah, but in, t- in today's society, you can just take a picture on your iPhone and send it to them. I mean, there's no reason that we can't communicate.
2: Well, that's what I love doing because, you know, uh, like they say, picture's worth a thousand words, or in this case, a thousand dollars, you know. Uh, mm. I can show somebody, this is your car, here's the license plate. Um, now I'm going to take you underneath the car and show you where the leak is and point out the parts that need to be changed, Right. Um, so that way it's really good. So the, the technology has really advanced to the point where it's, it's there that, and it, it can help you so much. So you, you can say that. I, what do you mean my, my rotors are rusty or they're grinding? I don't understand what that means. Well, I can show you a picture of a brake rotor with the groove marks in it, or I can show you a picture of the brake pad where the lining mm-hmm. is worn out. So you want to make sure you deal with reputable people. And uh, don't just throw the keys at the guy and say, well, whatever it is, take care of it, because you're leaving yourself wide open.
1: Well, you know what we used to do? If we were doing dash work, for instance, or a heater or something like that, and the dash was out of the car, we'd actually do pictures of the dash being on the floor, the car completely dismantled. And when the customer came in, we gave him this collage of of uh, pictures of the work being done. And they were you know, usually so impressed, they say, you didn't charge enough.
2: Well, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I remember we had a Lincoln like that where the entire dashboard, and we were doing an air conditioning repair, and the entire dashboard, the steering wheel, both front seats, the carpets, the console, all had to come out of the car because mm-hmm. when they're building the car, the air conditioner was the first thing they put in, and then everything else just got it added onto it, layer after layer after layer. And we have to remove all that stuff just to access it. Don't, didn't you ever so- wonder as a mechanic, you know, like, who designed this thing? Was he? He certainly wasn't top of the engineering class. That's for sure.
1: Oh, I think what it is, is that they have so many parts of stock that they. Uh... They utilize everything that they can do. But I think the bottom line here is if if the work order is not signed, it's not official. Uh, if you don't give you contact information, you're not doing your job correctly. What I used to do was if the car was stuck in the hoist and the guy did not call us back for the authorization within an hour, we start charging so many hours for the car being on the hoist.
2: That's funny. So that's it was a rule. like. I didn't realize that myself, as a matter of fact. I was just reading it yeah. and it said, if you don't respond or if the customer doesn't respond and you have to reassemble the car, you know, within a certain period of time, mm-hmm. then you can charge for those extra hours because, you yes. know, when the guy phones you three hours after his lunch and says, I think I want to go ahead with the job, and you're going, well, now I have to bring it back in and take it all apart again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, who's going to pay for that labor? And we should understand, too, you know, this is where – body shops and mechanical shops are not the same. You know, for so many years people have been used to free estimates and you have to understand when you have a mechanical issue that's not cut and dry. I mean, it it takes time to find out what's causing this. You're going to have to pay for that labor time. So, uh, again, if you drop the car off, just say, "How much are you going to be charging me for this estimate?" and make sure that if it takes more time, to call me back to say, "Listen, this is where we've got so far, and I'm going to need some additional time. That way everybody knows what's going on. We can communicate nowadays so easy, you know, whether it's pictures, whether it's voice, whether it's email or texting. You know, use that uh, facility to, to take care of things. Do you know hey, what somebody,
0: else is interesting? Dave, somebody just wrote in. I saw pop in with us, what you guys are talking about. So they're asking, when you put the car up on the hoist, do you set a time on that? Like if it's like ten eighteen on a Saturday and you're doing it, do you set a timer on that? So you can give them an idea, okay, it took three and a half hours yep. to do this no, job? No, it's
1: actually, there's, there's actually a book with the time set up. Oh, okay. <coughs> Excuse me.
2: And, uh, you know, if if your shop is set up, you, mostly the dealerships in larger places are set up as a flat rate kind of shop. Then the mechanic's time ticket is punched at the clock every time he starts and stops the job. Yeah. So uh, it'll either be a separate ticket or sometimes they just take the hard copy and put it in the clock. So there's going to be times there because not only is the customer interested in wanting to know how much he's having to pay, but the mechanic wants to know how much he's going to get paid for the time that he had to spend on it. So, yeah, Steve, as a matter of fact, they do know what time they start and what time they stop.
1: You know what else is interesting is when a customer supplies their own parts and they don't work. Oh. and You have to end up taking yeah. the old part back out and putting another part back in. They don't realize that if they're supplying the part, they're also supplying the labor and a warranty.
2: Mm-hmm, exactly. And, uh, you know, so even though you're trying to save money, and we can all appreciate that, you have to know what rules are that you're going to have to abide by.
0: Yeah. Speaking of rules, well, it's it's more than just all then pricing is the law with the we're going to talk next to CEO John Carmichael from OMVIC about something new that just broke over the week. That and your call at one 740 we are back at Corner Garage. Right after this, grab a coffee. bagel, you go. ABC 10. Hey, y'all. Well, <laughs> sounds good. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Bye-bye. back to Dave's Morning Garage here on uh, a beautiful Saturday. Don't forget, we've got the CAA Worst Roads campaign that's still going on. And we'll be talking later on this hour with uh, Raymond Chan from CAA. But now, the CEO of OMVIC is going to talk with uh, Dave and Al. Here's uh, John Carmichael. Morning, John. Morning, Steve. How are you today? Great. I'll hand it over to the two gurus, apparently.
1: (laughs) I look forward to
3: talking to the gurus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) John, you're the registrar, not the CEO. Is that correct? I'm both. Yeah, oh, I, I, okay. I,
0: it, I was going to start.
1: I thought Steve made a mistake. Huh? I thought Steve made a mistake. No,
3: he was bang on. I'm the CEO and registrar, and uh, happy to join you this morning, Dave.
1: Great. There's a growing trend, according to uh, the bulletin, of uh, liens being left on vehicles that people are buying. Can you talk about that a little bit?
3: Yeah. Uh, it's a very serious problem and a risk for all consumers when you when you buy a vehicle, today whether new or used or you lease it you want to know that it's free of all liens and encumbrances and one of the things we're finding is that uh, the more and more that uh, there are undisclosed liens on vehicles and so we work hard to work with dealers and with consumers to ensure that uh, that that doesn't occur now that doesn't happen with with all dealers by any stretch but there are a few and usually the the um the trigger on this is when a dealer might get into uh, some financial trouble, and they start to use the liens from previous uh, purchasers as opposed to paying off those liens. And uh, so, a consumer wants to know that those those liens are clear and uh, and free for uh, for their ownership experience.
1: So, what does the consumer do if he finds out that the car he just purchased isn't actually his?
3: Well, there, there are two steps. When when they are purchasing that vehicle, they want a commitment from the dealer that it's free of all liens and encumbrances. So they can get a CARFAX uh, Canada report on that vehicle that might show that. Uh, those aren't always fully current, but they want to get a, an assurance from the dealer that that is the case. Um, and then uh, if they have a problem with that or they need further assistance, they can certainly come to OMVEX. Uh, that's the type of work we do all day long and uh, in terms of supporting consumers and uh, and directing them to solutions to their problems.
2: John Allen here, a question. Um, normally, if you're buying a car yeah. privately, you have to buy a UVIP. Now, does the UVIP not, is that not the gospel? Does that not tell you exactly what the situation with the car?
3: Yeah, it's, it's another source. But again, buying privately, you want to know uh, that uh, that you are, um, secure that there are no uh, liens or encumbrances on that vehicle. And uh, you hope that that UVIP is current. And uh, so uh, buying privately is another issue that uh, is a concern. As you know, we have our Motor Vehicle Dealer Compensation Fund uh, as a backstop. Uh, it's like a safety net for consumers. And um, it's there to support in the event of a, of a situation where let's say there's a lien on a vehicle, uh the dealer gets into trouble financially, uh, that consumer can come to Omvic and, and we'll work to uh make them whole again. Uh, but on a on a private sale, Omvic is not there to protect that consumer on a uh if there's been a, a charge that or or a situation gone bad.
2: No, I appreciate you saying that and trust me, I wasn't trying to suggest that people buy cars privately because you know it's like lambs out to slaughter in a lot of cases um can be. but um but when a dealer is doing that transaction do they not need to provide a uvip um uh,
3: not a not on not at the time of sale uh, you want to get one if you can absolutely but um you want to be sure that th- actually there's two sides to the story that are are concerned to me um Certainly a consumer purchasing that vehicle, mm-hmm. new or used, and typically it's going to be a used vehicle, right, that, uh, that might have that lien on it as opposed to a new vehicle that, that's,
4: mm-hmm.
3: that's uh, no miles or kilometers yet. But um, they want to know that that's been cleared. For the consumer who has traded that vehicle in, they want to know that that lien has been cleared uh, at the completion of their transaction. They don't want to wake up in six months and find out they're still paying interest on that lien. So you've got you got potential damage on both sides of that equation. If there is an undisclosed lien, who's still paying the insurance on that previous loan or sorry, not the insurance, the finance on that previous loan and on the on the buyer of that of that vehicle? They don't want to own that vehicle with a, a, a previous debt on it and uh, find themselves encumbered by uh, by that debt in that financial institution.
1: Maybe. I was going to say the the downside is that they would actually scoop the vehicle. Uh, the finance company would actually scoop the vehicle to try to protect their asset,
3: and then everybody loses,
1: right? Yes, yep. right. Everybody loses. All right, we got to so wrap, John. The- if
2: people want to find out more about their rights and uh, OMVICs, how do they find you?
3: Come to uh, go to your website, omvic.ca. Uh There's a section all about consumer rights, and you can, uh, if you do have a complaint. Uh, for an experience uh, that you've had, you can, uh, you can log it online or call us at 416-226-4500. Steve?
0: Thanks, John. Have a good weekend. Maybe we'll catch you on the golf course whenever this thing opens up, too. <laughs> That'd be kind of nice. All right, roads, they're getting worse. Potholes galore and repairs galore. We're going to talk next with Raymond Chan from CAA about the Worst Roads campaign and some questions that they'll answer for you with regards to how much you're going to have to pay I on like, that car.
2: I like potholes. You know, I'm it's, sure. it, it depends on your perspective, Steve.
0: Potholes and poutine. You're, you're just a well-rounded guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave's
0: Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage, and uh, speaking of triangles, what's going on is almost like the Bermuda Triangle, but we're going to talk to OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt a little bit later on about what's going on on the border between Ontario and Quebec. See, more potent stuff for Al. Uh,
1: Dave, over to you. Well, good morning, Raymond. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Good to chat with you. Fine. So the Worst Roads campaign is going on as we speak, uh, and part of this Worst Roads campaign are, are potholes. And we were talking about this the other day, how much damage is done by potholes to people's vehicles. Let's talk about that.
5: Yeah, I, I mean, it, the cost of poor roads in Canada is actually astounding. Um, CA released a report uh, back in late March uh, that uh, came out with a figure. It was actually $3 billion, So I'm going to repeat that figure again, $3 billion with a B, um added uh costs for motorists per year um across canada and this is uh, really due to the condition of the poor roads so things like the crumbling pavement and the potholes that that we talk about on an annual basis through our worst roads campaign
2: um is certainly an issue so that that three billion dollar number is that what what the consumer has to pay in his repairs yeah that's
5: exactly it so um Outside of your normal operating costs and your uh, things like paying for insurance, these are the added costs that uh, it's it's affecting consumers' pocketbooks, really. Uh, These are things like your um, damages and your repairs to your vehicle as a result of hitting things like potholes and crumbling pavement. This is the extra money that's coming out of your pocket each and every year. And to put things into perspective, that's roughly $126 per vehicle annually out-of-the-pocket pockets of Canadian households. That adds up to more than $1,250 over uh, wow. the average 10-year lifespan of a vehicle. So it's a substantial amount.
1: David. Wow. Raymond, can they go after the city uh, or the or the province for not maintaining the roads properly?
5: Well, what, what I can tell you is here in the province of Ontario, um, municipalities have to abide by something called minimum maintenance standards. So They're required to go out there and uh, visually inspect the roads, depending on the road classification. So if it's a busy road, they're going to be out there much, much more so than a local road. Uh, But it really highlights the importance of um, pointing out these bad areas within communities because, simply speaking, I mean, this probably can't be everywhere. So they rely on the public to let them know where the challenges are. And, And it's one of the main reasons why we do the campaign each and every year, Uh, with worse roads, is to really highlight where these areas are and where these fixes need to be made and where government need to allocate more dollars towards.
1: Yeah, people don't realize. We had a Mercedes that we had leased, and uh, we brought it back, and they said, oh, it's got $2,000 worth of damage. And I'm going, it hasn't got a mark on it. Well, my wife damaged one of the wheels, and the wheel was worth $1,800 plus the tire. So it's serious, serious money.
5: Well, if you think about it, a vehicle is the second largest expense for an average household, right? And when Canadians are paying higher vehicle operating costs due to poor roads, that's money that they no longer have to spend on everyday wants and needs. So things like your food, your shelter, your clothing, that's all money that's kind of gone out the door. And what what I've been trying to emphasize to municipalities as well is that spending a single dollar on pavement preservation today Eliminates or delays spending six to ten dollars later on on costly rehabilitation or reconstruction. So think about wow. that. Every dollar spent, you're saving anywhere from six to ten dollars, and that's extra money that municipalities and governments can use towards other things to help
1: the citizens. Is there a worst time of the year for bad roads? Like, is spring the worst time of the year?
5: Well, we're living it right now. I think, Dave, uh, with yeah. with the uh, winter thaw that's happened. I mean as more and more people are out there on our roads and as uh, you know social gathering restrictions and, and travel limitations are starting to loosen we're going to be having more of that wear and tear on the roadways and people are seeing it and they're living it each and every day there are more potholes that are prevalent i know that governments are, are trying to do their best to keep on top of these things but uh, they simply can't be everywhere at once which is why we want to highlight the fact that uh, that they should really be thinking about investing as much as they possibly can towards road improvements.
2: And what can the consumer do? I mean, let's say I, I take a regular route to work and I, I see the same pothole, you know, daily. How do I, who do I call? I would say, pick up your phone, uh, find out who your local counselor is, who the mayor is,
5: contact your, your local municipality, um, tell them exactly where these potholes are. Cause the sooner that they know about it, uh, the sooner, hopefully they're going to be able to get out there and patch them. And
2: uh, the smoother, the ride is going to be the next time you decide to travel on that road. Oh, I like that. Smooth ride. Of course, that's what we want, you know. But (laughs) it's funny how people, Mm. I've had a lot of people in thinking that, you know, they're just going to send the bill into the municipality, you know, for their car repair, and they're just going to lay down and pay it, when that is actually not the case at all. I think very, very few do get paid. And uh, I I know the insurance isn't part of your game, but although you guys have it, um, what will insurance pay for your repair if it's bad enough? Well, you certainly have that option, right? I mean, your your two options are basically
5: what you outlined: that you can submit a claim to the municipality if you feel they are uh, negligent and causing that damage to your vehicle, or you have the right to go through your own insurance provider. I think the problem and the challenge uh, with going through your insurance provider is that often the damage um, is, is 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 simply not worth it because if your deductible is going to be a thousand or two thousand dollars anyways, you're you're likely going to be paying less if you pay out of pocket yourself. So. It's really not worth it in that sense. And we can talk about uh, the possible increases to your insurance the following year as well. So many people simply don't do it. So they end up paying out of pocket themselves.
1: All right, Dave. Yeah, I was going to say the Worst Road Campaign. How do people get in touch with you and, and, and want to uh, you know talk about it?
5: Yeah, so we've actually closed the Worst roads campaign. It actually ended uh, last week. But uh, Mm. we're going to be looking to uh, release the results of that uh, sometime in June. We haven't set an exact date yet. It depends on uh, the COVID uh, situation. But uh, certainly look out for us at caaworstroads.com.
1: Now, do they actually react to your results? Like when you find out uh, Eglinton Avenue is the worst road in Canada, do they actually do something about it? Well, they do. I, I mean, I, I, I've had
5: so many wonderful conversations with various elected officials across the province and uh, people really encouraging us to uh, keep the campaign going because it drives this conversation about the need of repair yeah. and, and, and studies like this to show the added cost for motors across Canada, $3 billion. That's certainly nothing to blink at. Uh, it, it's quite a lot of money. And, uh, you know, Talking about my earlier point about investing one single dollar saves you anywhere between 6 to $10 later on. I think that's money well worth spent, and that's money that uh, should be focused on things like road repair so that uh, people can can have further uh, dollars in their pocket to spend on whatever it is that they want.
0: You know, and Ray, you're just talking about road repairs. You mean, you often see, like, three guys sitting around pouring in asphalt and nothing else is being done. And the roads in downtown Toronto are just, it's insane. But in the States, I mean, they're kind of smart down there at times. They will do most of their road uh, repairs at night. At night, yeah. You know, the lights are on and they do everything done. So when come daylight and people get back to work, I mean, it's done that way. Where have you seen the growth in areas of, of Ontario? That have seen a spike in in improvements.
5: That's a great uh, great comment and observation, Steve. I think that uh, uh, because we've been in this COVID situation for a year now, um, municipalities and other levels of government have realized that there's an opportunity here with lighter traffic patterns on our road, with less gridlock and congestion that we would normally see, that you're seeing a little bit more of this around-the-clock construction activity. You're seeing more of it being done at night, um, being, being done, uh, outside of these peak hours in order to get things like, uh, potholes filled in and in order to resurface roadways. So this is certainly encouraging and, and it's something that CA, uh, would like to see a little bit more of because we know that, uh, with the vaccine rollout, things are going to be getting back to normal. Uh, the, the, uh, movement of essential goods and services and, and, and people are still going to be needed. So we need adequate road infrastructure in order for, these things to get to where they're going so it's definitely mm-hmm. an encouragement something that uh, we want to see more of and something that we'll continue to advocate for on behalf of motorists
2: now ray if uh if i do hit a big pothole my car is not drivable ca will tell me to wherever i want to go correct
5: uh if you are a ca member yes uh give us a call if there is damage to your tire or your vehicle is in- inoperable in any way uh, there, there is an opportunity to take your vehicle to where you need to go, whether it be back to your home or to your local mechanic. We're happy to do that.
2: That's great, <laughs> and and the one tow can be cheaper than your yearly membership, right? It could be. It it, it, it pays to be a CA member. That's that's what I'll leave everyone with. <laughs> all
0: right, all right, all right. Listen, have have a great weekend, Ray, and uh, we'll be talking to you guys in a, in a few weeks with the results uh, of the Worst Roads campaign. And uh, did you get your vaccination yet?
5: I have not. I'm. I'm looking forward to it though. But I am looking right. forward to that to that drive to grab that poutine that you guys have kept talking
0: about. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't share, Ray. He doesn't share. <laughs> have, have a good day, weekend. Right. Thanks for calling in. All right, coming up next, we're gonna be talking with OBP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt about what's going on with our borders and more about your rights on the roads. Right after this, stay with us. Beautiful day. Glad you're with us. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. is Dave's Corner Garage, and if you want to get your questions answered, just go to our website, davescornergarage.com, and uh, Dave and Alan will be reading them out in the air and uh, get back to your questions. We've had a lot about what's going on the road since uh, the Ford government walked back the restrictions, and I'll hand it over to Dave to talk to OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt.
1: Good morning, Mr. Schmidt. How are you? Uh,
0: not
4: too bad. It's a beautiful morning. <laughs> I'm at home right now. Uh, off today and working from home so that always makes things a little easier but uh yeah it's uh
1: hey wait a second been... how can you work from home i don't get that <laughs>
4: well i'm in front of my computer right now working on all kinds of stuff uh, man we had a busy night uh our night shift guys uh, were telling me about some of the stops and investigations uh recovered a loaded handgun. And, you know, just, okay. there's, there was a couple issues that uh, they're dealing with right now. So police work never ends, even in a pandemic and even in a shutdown. And I can't imagine what that guy was doing with a loaded gun for essential purposes, because he wasn't a cop.
2: Well, loaded is good. Mm-hmm. If it was half empty, that's when you got a problem. <laughs> well,
4: I don't know of any shooting reports that we were investigating, but boy, you know, those are things that happen as well. And uh,
2: and sadly,
4: you know, the criminal element on our highways is a very real issue that uh, we're trying to uh, get on top of. But uh, it, there's always a challenge. And you just watch the news every night and you'll see, uh, you know, some of the tragedies that uh, are unfolding on a far too regular basis.
1: Tell us about the uh, the border restrictions between Ontario and Quebec.
4: Well, you yeah, not just uh, Quebec, but also Manitoba. and uh, We've had an international border closure for some time on, on the uh, U.S. side, but now since the interprovincial uh, travel has been uh, uh, limited, there is uh, checkpoints by OPP as well as other regional services like Ottawa City, who borders up against the Quebec uh, border at Hull. And, uh, and so we are doing um, uh, checkpoints. At those points, we, we patrol uh, 10 different border crossings uh, into Quebec and into Manitoba. And uh, so that is uh, what our responsibilities have been. We are uh, watching for out-of-province vehicles entering the uh, province of Ontario. We're not checking uh, Ontario vehicles that are entering the province, they're returning home, uh, if they've been out of the province or if they've been uh, been working. You know, there's, there's a lot of questions about where can I go, what can I do. I've had so many calls about it. You know, can I uh, come from uh, Alberta, travel across uh, into Ontario to pick up my kids that are finishing university in the next week or two? And uh, yes, uh, officers that are seeing an out of province license plate, a vehicle approach that uh, you know, doesn't seem like they're a commercial vehicle uh, working for business. They may be checked and stopped and asked uh, about their, uh, their intentions. And based on the stay-at-home order, they could potentially be uh, questioned. Turned around if they're found to be uh, breaching the policies or allowed to continue based on the circumstances.
2: Now, that discretion is left up to the officer themselves, correct? There's
4: always discretion left to the officers. And, uh, you know, we have this framework of uh, what is essential and what is, uh, you know, not permitted. Mm-hmm. Again, we uh, are supporting and trying to assist in uh, getting ahead of this pandemic and the infections and all these. Variants and double variants, and who knows what's all happening right now. The uh, the uh, the issue is the spread, and if we can be uh, somehow helping in controlling that spread, hopefully we can get back to a situation like some other countries that are almost going back to uh, normal routines. And I can hardly wait for that.
1: Terry, how does this actually work? You actually blocking the highway?
4: Well, we're not blocking it. We're on position, on point, and, and we're monitoring the vehicles approaching. So if you have a line of transport trucks coming in, uh, obviously they're for work purposes. There yeah. are exemptions that allow people to continue to travel interprovincially uh, based on uh, some of the uh, criteria that are in place. So obviously work is, is one of them, emergencies, health, uh, medical uh, assistance, and, and other uh, exemptions are permitted and so that is what we're we're not trying to lock everybody down not every vehicle is going to get stopped because if they're you know returning home we're not checking the ontario plates uh, we're only assessing out of province passenger type vehicles uh, that are coming into the province and that uh, we want to confirm that they are there actually for what is uh, an essential purpose or what is uh, appropriate under all the circumstances
1: fascinating fascinating yeah. you know it's amazing that you know, we were talking to a, a lady who was over 100 years old and we asked her is this as bad as it was when it was during the war and she said it was worse really <laughs> it's actually worse because well, you know she lived through two world wars because- and she said the restrictions that we have and what we're going through is actually worse than she experienced when the country was at war
4: Wow. Well, I think a lot of that might have to do with the amount of information that's flowing. People know mm-hmm. what's going on around the world within seconds, and uh, you just uh, turn on the news, and back in in those days, you waited for the radio station or the, uh, the newspaper to come out the next day, and even then, that information may only be local. You may not have mm-hmm. a national perspective or what's happening in every individual community. And so... Um, you know, obviously, we're in the stay-at-home order, and uh, we want people to uh, assist, you know, everyone in being part of that solution and whatever we can do. So, yes, you can still go out and exercise. You can still go get your groceries and and your medicine and, and uh, child care issues. And if you, we want people to work from home if they can at all possibly do that. But in some cases, working remotely is not possible. And uh, Terry, some may...
0: of the people that have been writing in uh, this morning had particular questions about, when they say they are going to go from Ontario to Quebec or Ontario to Manitoba, and you're pulled over by the OPP, they wanted to know what's the protocol from your point of view as far as masks, and do you guys wear them when you're approaching a car?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So we will will flag them and 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 have them stop. We were wearing our personal protective equipment or masks. Yep. Uh, uh, goggles possibly as well and uh, we'll likely approach from the passenger side or we'll keep our distance uh, from the vehicle. We just want to have a conversation. Uh, we're not sticking our, ne- our heads uh, into the vehicle. Uh, we're not obviously randomly stopping vehicles for, for no other reason than to check uh, their compliance. Uh, if we have a reason to believe that uh, we may ask them questions but we're going to be wearing our, our PPE and uh, it would be you know, it'd be uh, thoughtful if the people in the vehicle when they're having that conversation with with us uh, would we'll also just put on their masks and uh, we can have that uh, conversation without having any fear or or concern about any transmission you know, we don't know who's sick who's not sick and and obviously we just don't want uh, there to be uh, any other issues? So we're, we're going to be wearing our PPE. We'll be maintaining a distance. Uh, we have turned back uh, vehicles already. Not a lot, but there have been um, vehicles that have been refused entry. There have been a few charges that have been laid as a result of uh, failing to comply with the, the stay-at-home orders. So, you know, that is happening. It's uh, certainly not a, a huge number, but uh, we are out there watching for those vehicles and hoping that the whole province the country is uh, cooperating and, and participating in their own way to yeah. you know, avoid this kind of a, an onset, this kind of a uh, problem that we're trying to get ahead of.
2: If you see a vehicle you know, with, with, with four adults in it, for example, none of them wearing masks, and you're kind of wondering, are they dressed to go to a party? Would that be a vehicle that you would target? <laughs> no,
4: we're, we are not going to be stopping vehicles uh, at any time, randomly checking them to see where they're going. Now, again, officers have the authority within the EMCPA, Emergency Management uh, uh, Act, that will allow. Officers, if they have reason to believe that someone is violating the uh, stay at home order, uh, the social gathering limits and, and in different legislations that uh, uh, we are enforcing, uh, the officers do have the authority to conduct an investigation, and, and there could be a traffic stop uh, con- initiated for those reasons. But it's not uh, I know there was initial uh, reports last week about uh, the authority to stop anybody anytime anywhere to check for, you know, persons on, on, on board. So, you know, again, you have five guys that are all together or five ladies, they're probably not the same family or whatever, you don't know, but we are not going to be checking uh, on those random stops unless we have information that leads us to believe that an investigation is necessary. If someone calls in to report uh, a situation that they are uh, flagging, uh, we will follow up on that. And again, the officers will uh, conduct their investigation, exercise their uh, their judgment, their discretion, and then be able to do uh, you know, what
3: needs to happen.
0: All right, Steve? Listen, Gary, have a great weekend. Stay safe. We really oh, appreciate you coming it. on whenever you get a chance. Stay and, uh, looking you know, forward to don't,
3: guys.
0: don't do too much gardening because a Heineken is calling you soon. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll get to some of your questions and some information from both Dave and Al that you've written in about right after this. Stay with us.
2: All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gelman. I'm from Glen Allen Motors. And uh, if you hit a pothole and need alignment, give me a call. <laughs>
1: I'm going to hand it over to Dave. What are we talking about, bud? Well, you know, we, <clears throat> excuse me, our last conversation about replacing parts on time mm-hmm. rather than when, on failure. Yes. So, this gentleman writes that he has a 2008 Buick mm-hmm. and he wants to know how long his fuel pump is going to last. He's concerned because he's got 260,000 kilometers on it and he's driving up and down the 400 series of highways.
2: Uh, it's really a hard one to call. I mean, you know, in a, lot, in a lot, especially for fuel pumps, there's isn't necessarily any symptoms beforehand. You know, like it's not going to all of a sudden be working, but work, you know, half half way, where you know I I, I can't accelerate my very much. Usually, what happens is, is they just stop working altogether, in which case you're stuck. But it's an expensive ticket, and this is where we were talking about, you know, yeah. the difference between airplanes and cars, and of course. Airplane is either owned by a rich dude or by a big company that's selling tickets, right? But if, uh, you know, if you're operating your own car and out of your own pocket, uh, like you're looking at $500 or $600 for a fuel pump, is that something... Probably 900 Right. I mean, (laughs) is that something you want to be proactive about? I mean, and and what about the transmission? I mean, there's a million different things that... You know, but um, but this is where, for example, you can lessen your cost overall if you maintain it properly. So, in other words, you change your oil regularly. You change your transmission oil when the book says. Uh, you change your filters. That's how your car is going to last longer.
1: You know, actually, we should also say that we do severe service when you're doing uh, uh, running a car in Canada. We actually go by the severe service schedule, not just the normal uh, everyday schedule.
2: Exactly, and this is where, you know, people say, it says on my dash that I still have 50% of oil.
1: Mm -hmm. But
2: if if it's been a year and you haven't checked anything else on the car, I mean, especially now during COVID, we're seeing tons of of seized brakes, um, you know, and now if those were serviced, you'd get much longer life. But if you just leave it that way, um, one of the pad works where the other one doesn't, they wear out prematurely. This is where, you know, it's important to take care of the car regularly.
1: You know, what's interesting, too, is you should actually keep records, you know, everything that you've done to your car, because when it's time to sell that car and it comes with a book full of service records, it's going to be worth a lot more money than one that's not been serviced. You know, I always love the guy that says, never put a penny into it. That's not the car that I want to buy. (laughs) No,
2: exactly, exactly. I did have that argument once with a guy, and he said, you know, up until I brought the car to you, I didn't spend any money on this car. <laughs> and I
1: That's went, exactly oh,
2: right. <laughs> hang on, I I couldn't understand the perspective, you know, and 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 what the guy was talking about. He was ticked off, and I went, no, no, but you haven't done any maintenance. You haven't done any repairs. They thought it would last forever, but it doesn't do that. But this, I, this, this I is where this it's scenario. important. Sorry, this is where it's important too. If you find a guy you trust. Stay with him and deal with him. We get that, you know, we usually get it around tax time where someone says, could you please send me copies of all the bills that I paid in this year Yeah. because I lost them. So if you deal with the same guy, it, it only takes a second to have me mail to you. You were going
1: to say? I was going to say the guy says, I'm not putting another cent in this car. I fixed everything. I'm going to get rid of it. That's the one I want to buy. <laughs> He's completely <laughs> overhauled it.
2: I, I like when they say, what's next? I says, well, we get to start all over
1: again. Well, you know, the reality is people don't budget for car repairs or maintenance. Mm-hmm. It's one of those items like a fridge, you know. It works and it's fine, and then all of a sudden it doesn't. So they never budget for car repairs, and they should. They should actually put some money aside for that uh, purpose.
0: And especially now, you know, when the weather's getting better, and we can hopefully start, you know, get on the roads and, and go in other spots, like maybe at the cottage or visit some friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to get that car ready, especially if you've got a trailer. You know, look at the tires. Make sure they're okay, and uh, take it out. You can share a putain with a guy. I mean, I want some put deliver some putain, to Al. What's well, your address at Glen Allen Motors?
2: Well, first of all, I got to get check the trailer to make sure that it's safe. You know, because. You, you and know, Then you'll eat the bouteen. If I bring you one, <laughs> you're gonna say, "What's everybody else gonna have?" You know. So, and, yeah. and you're gonna say, "Hey, you're supposed to bring a couple cases of brador
0: at the same time." You know. So. Oh, now you're getting really picky. <laughs> <I haven't laughs> That's so long. We should to go to Montreal for the Leaf games. Yeah. And we grab a brador, and uh, we go to La Crepe Breton, Montreal, for some crepes. It was great.
1: Creperie Breton, mean, I've I'm been. I've eaten there. Anyway, yes. we're
0: gonna make. We're gonna wrap it up, guys. Uh, yeah. Next week, we're gonna have a new client on with us, uh, Mike Wilson from Haggerty. So if you get in your car ready to do a little cruising this weekend, uh, go on their website, haggerty.ca forward slash Dave's Corner Garage, and um, you'll see what's, what's available. So guys, we'll let you sign off and say goodbye to everybody. Have a
1: great weekend, everybody. What Remember to keep John. the shiny side up and the greasy side down.